Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, don't you love it? Beautiful Saturday. Oh, yeah. Oh, we could melt. Oh, home improvement. Three hours. Helitech Home Improvement Show right here on KMOX. Bosco, the actual gerbil of the hour. Cranking out fifty thousand watts, uh, well, fifty thousand and th- oh, he's uh, oh, he's on pace today, folks. We're going to have the miracle of modern radio coming to you, and I have ten phone lines for your questions. Come on, I know you're listening out there. I, you know, drove through Shrewsbury, Webster Groves, uh, was recently in Fenton Valley Park. I know O'Fallon is listening. You folks out there with do-it-yourself projects, home maintenance, and even those of you with more aggressive projects to reach out and touch someone. Building, expanding, remodeling your kitchen, bathroom, whatever it is. If it's around your home, your health, your comfort, and it involves some sort of a building thing, I'm your guy. This is Scott Mosby. This is the Camwex Helitech Home Improvement Show. And I'm here today with the Cardinals for three hours. Three hours. I don't know if I can muster that much stuff for you today, but by golly, I'm going to bring it for you. I, I brought my A game. I'm wound up, ready to roll, excited to be here, happy to join you, happy to be part of the KMOX family as well as you. Right now, let's get it rolling. Phone lines, 10 abound, 10 phone lines for you, 314-436-7900, 436-7900. Toll-free anywhere on the globe, 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. So many things happening around St. Louis, so many things happening in the Midwest. I love living here. I just love living here. The I, I like the changing uh, seasons. I love the trees coming out, the colors, the man, oh man, I, you know, I love the flowers popping out in the spring. You know, I'm, I'm not uh, too rosy around cold, but I do love snow. Uh, yeah, well, it's white and it cleans everything up and it makes it all look so good, so crisp. And, you know, I'm kind of that guy. Uh, fall, the exploding leaves, the colors, all of that, springtime, the renewal, refresh. Summer, I, you know, I get wet. I love water. I am a water kid. Whatever age I am, I'm usually wet, either on top of some snow, in some water, or gardening, putting water on something that grows. Phone lines for you, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. During my day job, my Monday through Friday, sometimes more than that, uh, at Mosby Building Arts, I own and operate a company that this is the 70th year, the 70th anniversary of um, trying to bring our very best to those of you listening and people around. Uh, We've been doing it for 70 years. My father founded the company in 1947. Very proud of that. Company is older than I am. That's that's a pretty uh it's, it's that's a responsibility I take seriously. We have quite a few families depending upon us uh, as well as clients that, you know, we just have the keys to their house and you know, when they're out of town, we check on things, we take care of the stuff and we know enough to ask for help and with all the, you know, phones and internet, e- email stuff, you know, even FaceTime on iPhones and Skype and such. Golly, we're just a moment away, and so we have face-to-face meetings with people that, you know, don't intend to come home for three or four months. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I don't know where you were, 
But I was out of town a little bit yesterday down in the southern part of the state. Whoa, I got whacked with hail. And it started out as little BB-sized hail worked up to almost nickel-sized hail. And man, oh man, uh, maybe some of you had a little bit of that as well. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I think we should fire this puppy up, get Bosco going and get rolling here. Let's see what's happening here with Derek. Hey, Derek, my friend, welcome to CamWex. How may I help you? Hi, Scott. Uh, thank you for your program. Um, I am working on a rebuilding together project where we have a Korean War veteran that's uh, getting a beginning Alzheimer's and stuff, and he loves his rear deck on his house, and it has been rebuilt twice, and it's all rotten. And the joists up to the house are rotten. And I don't know how to do anything but to just tear it off and get rid of it uh, because the work that would have to be done would be uh, just, you know, intense to reconnect it to the house. Yeah. So uh, is there any magical things that I could do with with, uh, getting a good... uh, base up against the house to build that thing out from? Oh, absolutely. Um, there are some, uh, can you get, is it an unfinished basement to where you can through bolt this thing through, whether it's brick uh, or whatever? It's completely finished and, and, and it's hard to get anything, yeah. Okay, there are some special fasteners that are now recently code approved. Uh, I forget the name of them. Somebody out there will call in and let me know. But there are approved fasteners that from one side, and they're only a certain brand, um, and they come in from one side. I would definitely, Derek, um, you know, especially with a, a veteran, uh, if the deck matters, take it all off. You've got a lot of common labor. Maybe tear it out a little early if you can so you can get to that ledger part, even if you just cut it and let it fall. Um, but pull that ledger off, uh, pull siding. What is the exterior of the house, Derek? It is uh, siding. So, uh, I mean, I don't mind cutting into it, and it doesn't matter if it matches if I put it back up. So Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, for that kind of a project, you can trim around it with a one-bite. But I would definitely get down to the sheathing, make sure you've got good, solid flesh. This is like rust repair on a car. By the way, God bless you for your help on rebuilding together and uh, getting a jump start on it. Uh, you are uh, one of God's hands, certainly, in this application. So, uh, folks out there listening, uh, Derek, could use a little bit of help. You don't have to know anything. You do have to be able to walk and your hands generally work. And if that doesn't work, you can actually help with moral support and food. Don't you love it? Uh, So Derek, bear that sheathing. Uh, That sheathing could be rotted with an old rotted deck. Discard the deck. Uh, Make sure, probe around with a rebar. Make sure that your footings are decent on, uh, you know, I think the Department of Interior reports that as many as 70% of the deck, 60 to 70% in the United States are failed or failing because it's such a DIY project. And, you know, we just kind of nail them together because we can. Uh, So I would probe your footings, um, especially in soft soil, you know, hose around the footings a little bit for a few days and then probe down, make sure you have concrete extending down, you know, two, two and a half feet. Ideally, you want to be the bottom of it, 30 inches. Um, you get to that trust point, you're okay, and you aren't necessarily married to where those um, piers are. If you need to put new ones in, you can pretty much go to the outside or the inside and then modify your beam and, and uh, joist accordingly. Uh, but against the house, 
I like an ice and water shield. I like a water membrane. I like a roof membrane. So wallpaper that puppy right next to the sheathing. You may have to replace some sheathing. You may even have to replace the band joist, but you'll know going in. You generally can tell that before you get into it. Um, It's it's always worse than it looks. (laughs) Yeah, man. You bet. Uh, Ice and water shield. If you can, tuck it up underneath any building paper that you've got or any house wrap so that any water coming down behind the siding will stay on the outside of the building. Therefore, lap over that house wrap and then wrap over the outside of that ice and water shield uh, and and nail it up with roofing nails. The sweet part of ice and water is that it seals around the shaft of the nails. So all the nails and fasteners you're about to put through this thing seal up. Great. Okay, well, I will uh, attack it that way. Yeah, uh, and then when you're done, make sure you flash the ledger. So uh, if if you can, and it's a real the pain. Top of it. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. It, the best you can do is a house wrap, but uh, uh, that that's the way. And then and then uh, get to it. And All right. Well, thank you very much, Derek. Again, God bless you, and thanks for your help. Uh, for for those of you, uh, Derek, do you know the uh, how you can get people to uh, call and find out a little bit more about rebuilding together St. Louis Workday? Well, if you uh, uh, if you just go to the Rebuilding Together, you can Google it. Rebuilding Together, um, uh, St. Louis site. They're out on Marshall Road, yep. and then on the east side, we've got Rebuilding Together Southwest Illinois, yep. and they're lo- located in Madison. But we do a lot of projects all over the place, so. Well, Derek, what you do a little bit goes a long way. So, folks, if you're looking to make a difference, it's Rebuilding Together. Thank you, Derek. All right, take care. All right, sir. Bye now. Bye bye. Home improvement, rebuilding together, something goes back for me uh, into the mid-90s. My goodness, I go back with, used to be Christmas in April for those of you oldsters out there like me. Uh, however, it was non-denominational. We had so many people with big hearts that that didn't fit anymore. It needed to be rebuilding together. Uh, actually, the fellow that used to run uh, CBS and KMOX is the executive director of rebuilding together now, Dave Irvin. And, uh, you know, he's pulled the rabbit out of the hat more than several times on funding and making it happen and just, you know, one of those big-hearted career changes of, you know, I want to make a difference. So anyway, right here on KMOX, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby, at your service, Bosco cranking it out. Oh, we are here. Now, KMOX, at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on Kingdom OX. All right, back together. Hey, folks, uh, regarding the deck program, uh, Derek's uh, question before. Uh, some municipalities and some of the new codes uh, require separate footings, uh, not a fa- not fastening to the house anymore, uh, because, frankly, with um, brick veneer and some of the problems with non-flashing and not following the assembly, as I described to Derek, uh, you know, it was easier for the cold uh, review folks to just say, don't do it anymore, let the house envelope, you know, take care of its own water and build your own separate deck. Uh, the fasteners are, uh, thanks to one of our wonderful listeners, Ledger Lock and Fasten Masters. 
Uh, Ledger Lock, L-E-D-G-E-R-L-O-K, Ledger Lock. These are structurally approved fasteners. Um, the issue there is you really have to get through the siding, the sheathing, uh, into the band joist. And as I described with Derek before, you've got to have a really solid uh, lumber band joist. And I, it, frankly, if you can locate where the floor joists are and literally run those Ledger Lock lag screws or Fasten Master fasteners, these are all threaded fasteners uh, into the end of the floor joist that you're just going to be that much more um, secure and that's what counts make sure you counter flash this ledger no matter how you build it because that siding needs to spill the water outboard of your home and not inboard because so many of these decks the reason the decks fail is because they aren't properly flashed and connected to the house number one the fasteners might be good when they're new but if you don't properly manage the water beyond it you just funnel the water back inside and now you nailed this ledger that you built this deck onto the outside structural section of a really important part of the house and it'll never dry out again. Never, because every rainstorm gets it wet, no wind gets to it, no sun gets to it, that ledger's smashed against it, and it just sits there and rots. And it doesn't take very long. Seven years can totally rot out a band joist, get into the end of the floor joist. That whole ledger is bad. Then you have deck collapse. It's a big deal. Uh, so anyway, we're going to talk about that. I've got uh, some ashy home inspectors, American Society of Home Inspectors, coming in here in a couple of weeks. Actually, next weekend. So we're going to talk about Nadra deck inspectors and, you know, what it takes to make sure you've got a good deck. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. KMOX, Bosco, Scott Mosby here at your service. Let's see what's cooking with Tom. Hey, Tom. Good morning, my friend. How may I help? Uh, good morning. Uh, I have a roofing question for you. Um, I have a ranch-style home uh, with a gable roof, and I have four gable vents in that roof. Uh-huh. I just I just had a new roof installed, and it was recommended to me that I put in a uh, ridge vent. Mm-hmm. So I put in ridge vents, and now someone tells me that's a mistake because I shouldn't have ridge vents and gable vents at the same time because it short circuits the air circulation from coming up through the eaves through the perforated uh, soffits. Yes, that sir. It short, that it short circuits, and now I won't get proper airflow in there. You are so exactly that, correct. That so I sh- that was a mistake. Is that correct? Um, I wouldn't call it a mistake. I would call it unfinished. Uh, you either need to block those uh, r- those gable vents. Uh, frankly, the, you're exactly right in what's happening and why. Uh, path of least resistance. Believe me, those. Uh, I like the ridge vent because it's the it's the apex of the roof. It's the highest point, so you're getting all of the hot air out. Hot air rises. That solar collector called an attic and shingles. So you're going to have quite a high velocity moving air. It's going to draw from the shortest, easiest source that will be now your gable end vents. They will work as intakes instead of exhausts as they were originally designed. They need to be covered over with plastic or plywood and in a way that the rain that drives through drains out correctly. Uh, I wouldn't call your ridge vent a uh, mistake, but I would call your roofer incomplete because uh, this all should have been discussed up front. You know, add it, you know, it's like saying, well, let's add two more tires to your car. Like, oh, great, six will be better than four. Um, well, are they steering tire, tires? Are they driving tires? What Do you lock up all four? I mean, can you turn corners when you're finished with this? And, you know, so adding technology, uh, and frankly, that's why I'm here on the radio, is people add technology without realizing what they've really done. 
Um, so you've added a great feature to your house. And it got messed up because, uh, you know, I call it a 95% job. They just didn't discuss with you the rest of it of blocking off the gable end vent. And frankly, uh, they they may not have known. Um, well, I, I, I actually questioned them about it because they're the ones that uh, recommended it. Yeah. And I had heard this before. And now this, this company's been in business for a while. And they said, oh, I've never heard of that. I, that, that that's ridiculous. What difference does that make? Oh, man, Tom, well, hit, hit the Internet. Uh, go to uh, airvent.com, A-I-R-V-E-N-T.com. If they're in the business, in the profession, uh, uh, this kind of a thing negates your shingle warranty. Your oh, my God. Oh, really? Yeah, well, heck yeah, man. You're cooking your shingles to an early death. You're not cooling them off with a proper ventilated system. Roofing is not a, uh, it's not shingles and and ridge vent. It's a whole system from the intake vents on the bottom, the gable vents, even how the gutters get flashed into the edge of the roof. I mean, the problem is you get, and you know, now I'm going to put on my Better Business Bureau hat, and this is where local roofing companies matter because you'll get guys from out of town that don't realize that in the wintertime we get ice that literally crawls up the hill in an ice damming situation. You right, know, yeah. Well, you know, water goes downhill. Everybody knows that. Well, that's true, but ice goes uphill. It wicks up, you know, when you get, you know, freeze-thaw cycles. That has to do with ventilation and how you install gutters and shingles. So, oh, yeah, you... Um, you just keep working up the food t- tra- chain in that company. If this is a company around, you're just... Uh, and now we're getting into the world of of subcontracting. When business gets busy, everybody subcontracts. And frankly, roofing, siding, windows, uh, front doors are heavily subcontracted businesses. So it's a cheap way to do business. Uh, you can do a lot of business fast, but there's no way to know who knows what and what's being delivered because it's the other guy putting in. So, you know, if I'm the general contractor, I'm the prime company, you know, I can plead ignorant. Well, that guy screwed it. No, there's only one company. It's the guy I signed the contract with, you. So, so doing, doing nothing is not an option. These have to be closed no, up? Absolutely. Well, you're, like you said, one of those things has to be closed up. Either cover over the ridge vent or cover over the gable vents. I do agree that your ridge vent is the highest value. Unless you have a really complex roof where you have gables at, you know, halfway up the roof. And then, you know, this is a, this gets into fluid dynamics with air being a fluid of how it moves up and into your roof. But... You know, you, you understand it. You, your answer was in your question, so you're on top of this one, Tom. Just right. follow your heart. You know so, how this thing works. So I can leave the, the gable vents in place. I would just have to go up in my attic and put a piece of plywood over them from the inside. Yep. Now, would keep in mind. Acceptable? Yes, it would. But now keep in mind you need a metal flashing or a piece of plastic because that blowing rain, of course, it never blows rain in St. Louis here, that blows oh, through right. your gable end vents is going to hit that plywood and drop straight down. And there's going to be a lot of it. So at the bottom of that piece of plywood, it's going to drip right at the exterior of that gable end wall and ruin your drywall, plaster, whatever on the ceiling because you're going to get a ton of water fast. So you need a piece of flashing at the bottom of that plywood that bends either metal bending out so it spits it outside the bottom of that gable vent. You follow me there? Yeah, right. Or a piece of plastic that does the same thing, and bending uh, pre-finished aluminum is the better choice, which is why it really should be the roofer, guys. This is a kind of material and a tool that they typically have. Okay. 
I thank you. Thank you for the help. I appreciate it. Tom, I'll tell you what, you just did me a big favor because with all the roofs going on, the hail damage and all the stuff, you're hitting on about six different cylinders. First off, thank you. You understand what's going on. I appreciate your calling, finding out, you know, what the scoop is, following it up, and also allowing that company, potentially a good one, to take care of its reputation. All right. Thank you. Right on, Tom. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Bye now. Home improvement, sometimes you fire me out. You light my fuse and off I go. Um, this is building science. And um, people say, well, where did you learn all this stuff? Uh, folks, I messed all this stuff up. Um, I, I went to school and learned to avoid a lot, but this is where experience counts. But even growing up, my father, being a second-generation builder, remodeler, I learned to avoid a lot of these things because he brought his 40 years of experience to me, and he, and he just kept me out of trouble. Well, if you do this, this is how it works, this is how it works, da-da-da-da-da-da. Air conditioning had just come on the scene, so we learned to really fool Mother Nature. It used to be that it didn't matter in the winter or the summer. You just had warm, humid air on the inside of the house. You had warm, humid air on the outside of the house. Everything got along, worked together, indoors, outdoors, sang kumbaya, got along just fine. Now you dry out the inside of the house with air conditioning and you drop the temperature 30 degrees below below the temperature outside. You now get vapor drive to where it's dry inside, humid outside. Have you ever heard about close humidity here in St. Louis? And that humidity just drives right through your exterior while trying to get to the dry air. Moisture, physics, mother nature, all moves from high concentration to low. Bucket, hole in the bucket, drains. High concentration, head pressure, out it goes. So anyway, just keep in mind, there's a lot into this. And frankly, why why I love my job. I love building science this stuff. Let's uh, fire up, see what's cooking here with Gloria. Hey, Gloria, Scott Mosby here. Sorry I got on my uh, stool there a bit, but uh, thanks. How can I help you, my friend? Hi, I'm calling because I have a deck that needs to be repainted. Okay. And the deck is about three years old. I've had problems ever since I had it built, uh, well, with the painting part of it. But I had a guy come out last uh, year, and he did a great job painting it. I was very pleased with everything. Well, it rained within about 45 minutes after he put the paint on. Yeah. And then, of course, I noticed some little bubbles started going. Yeah. Now, um, so he says to me, well, well, I knew in my heart really deep down that wasn't going to work. But anyway, we went through the summer, so we, it's winter time now. The summer now. I mean, went through the rest of the summer, winter. And now we come... It is a total mess. It's nothing but peel, peel, peel. So I called him to come back and look at it because he said that, you know, if he needed to, he would repaint the bed. Well, when he came back, uh, he's told me that, um, well, actually left me a voicemail saying that um, he was booked out about two months and that I probably should get someone else to do the deck and that it probably came from hail damage. Well, I did believe that, of course. I'm sure it came from the paint not getting dry. My question to you is this. What kind of prep should be done, and what's the best paint for painting a deck? Not staining it, but for painting it. Uh, Okay. Uh, What is the wood material of your deck? Well, of course you would ask me that. I have no idea. Does it have a green tint to it when it was brand new? A green tint? Yeah. It's like it. It did because we had to, the guy told me I had to let it dry out for a year. 
Okay. Um, Before you put anything on it. Is it a brown wood, kind of a cedar? Is it soft or kind of hard? It, it's hard. It, we, yeah. Yes, it's not a cedar. Um, I mean, it's a hardwood. Gloria, it, it, long and the short of this is your toast. I, I don't have any good news for you. Uh, what? I, I think it's treated lumber. Treated lumber has an acid or lye-based preservative that's driven into the wood so the this material is impregnated or pressure driven into the flesh of your yellow pine lumber yellow pine being very strong good structural lumber the problem is that there's this nasty chemical that eats up paint that makes your treated deck not rot uh, the problem is, is it's a heavy chemical, or a powerful chemical is probably a better uh, description. And the reason that you're advised to let it uh, bleach for a six months or a year minimum, minimum is to get that leachate out or that material out of it. Um, uh, number one, it, the deck should never have been painted um, because that material... Uh, just eats up paint from the inside out. First off, it's okay. pressure-driven, so it's wet wood most all the time, even after a year. Um, so he properly advised you of that, but he should have wrestled you really to the floor over not painting this thing. This is a... You, you just can't get away with this with... When you start using chemical technology to preserve wood. You follow me there? Uh-huh. So um, I, I don't... I... You need to strip that deck, get all that paint off or as much of it as you can. Uh, I don't like opaque uh, deck finishes for this reason. Uh, the only one that gets close to that or semi-opaque is a cedar, and the cedar doesn't have a whole lot of that leachate. It's, it's got naturally occurring organic stuff, but, you know, it'll take that coating better. But I, I am totally opposed to painting a deck, period. Okay, so I need to strip the deck, and then what's the next thing I need you to do? Uh, use uh, a semi-opaque or semi-transparent paint or, or stain. Something When yeah. you say stain, you don't want stain. Uh, you're trying to paint something that is unpaintable or, or unsustainable as a painted surface. You know what I mean? So you need, you need to go to a stained deck, strip this thing down as, as raw as you can get it, let it dry, rinse it, and rinse it with baking soda so you neutralize all of that um, uh, caustic chemicals from both the stripper and the wood itself. Let it dry for a week or two, uh, and then apply a, um, a transparent or semi-transparent deck stain. So I, I, I got to rinse it with baking soda? Yep. Yep. Now that, let me let me tell you this. Now one thing I noticed about it, you know how the the the, the bars that go uh, uh, vertical. Now they're they're fine. The the wood that's the vertical part of it. Right. It's right. only the the boards that are going. Uh, you know that's horizontally laid down. Right. Well, that's, that's where the, the rain soaks into the wood. Right. That's what I figured because the rest of it is probably just running off and it's not right. affecting it. And it's staying pretty dry. Yep. That and that's why you just can't paint it. It, it just oh. you just can't paint it. It gets too wet. It's like trying to paint the ocean. <laughs> yeah, okay, Gloria, I'm gonna so have to. I'm gonna have to go here, but uh, that that's that's the long and the short of it is uh, you're trying to swim upstream with a paint, and and they just don't get along with that chemical inside that treated lumber. Okay, thank you so much. Have a great day. All right, bye now. Appreciate you. Bye.
Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. I'll tell you the truth, folks. I don't guarantee you like it, but I give you 70 years of experience, uh, about 50 of it my own. Uh, 20 I inherited from a pretty smart papa right here on KMOX. So we've got 70 years of mustard bringing to you on University of KMOX. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, folks, those deck fasteners we were talking about earlier on with Derek, our ledger lock and fasten masters. Uh, also, Tom, the uh, roofing, the gable end, remove either the gable vents or the ridge vent. I like to keep the ridge vents. You must properly drain and control the water coming through those ridge vents. Otherwise, you're just going to get a big leak underneath your ridge vent by keeping the water in Gloria. Man, treated lumber just doesn't take paint. and uh, Painting is not good on the flat. Um, you know, period. Uh, even if you're painting concrete, you can do it indoors, but any place outdoors that you're trying to paint or coat with something like that in the freeze-thaw cycles we have around this part of the country, uh, it's just a high-maintenance issue. Let's go to the phones and see what's cooking with Greg. Hey, Greg, welcome to KMOX, my friend. How may I help? Yeah, uh, Scott, I was going to see if you could help me with my uh, air conditioner problem. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it runs and runs and runs and it doesn't seem to cool. Really? Uh, I tell you what, um, uh, here's what I would suggest. Let it run. Uh, make sure your compressor outside is running. You know, the box with the fan thing outside. Yep. Uh, it the has fan is running. The it, condenser coils are, the condenser coils are clean. Okay. The, um, the two little pipes that you have out there, there's a little one that's about the size of a pencil, about a quarter or three-eighths. Uh, that is a high-pressure hot line, so that should be hot, you know, hotter to the touch than you want to hold on to. The other one yeah, should be cool, and if they're not, you're right. uh, something, you need a professional service. For example, when the home inspectors come out, they'll fire up the AC and they let it run for a while. And then they just check that one line is hot and one line is cold. cold and, and then they know at least that the condenser is compressing that low pressure line into high and all that. So that's, that's a poor man's way to check your air conditioner. How's that? Are you there, Greg? Whoa. Whoops, I lost you. Well, my apologies. Anyway, Greg, if you're still yeah. there. Yeah. Lost you yeah. there for a minute, my friend. Sorry about that. I was outside looking at my condensing unit. Yeah, but if, if one tube is hot, because what happens is that, that compressor compresses the gas. It turns the cold line into a real hot one, and, it, and then that hot line, high-pressure line, goes inside the house, and then inside your A-coil, there's an expansion valve, just like an aerosol can that gets cold when you spray it. You know how the can gets cold right. when the pressure gets released? Right. Well, that hot line expands, and they let that gas get bigger, and then it gets cold. And that's where your refrigerant action comes from. It's pressure change that brings air conditioning. And if that's not happening, right. you've had a leak, or your Freon or refrigerant isn't right, and you just need a pro to come tell you the bad news and probably charge you a bunch. Right. That's what I fear, because those two lines are not, they're about room temperature. Yeah. No, oh, ouch. Yeah. Well, uh, make sure you're on cooling. You can be a thermostat sometimes, too, because you can get new air conditioners without thermostats. You know, turn your thermostat uh, off into heat and then back on to cool. Make sure that you're making contact right. properly. You know, just do the dumb things that, that you and I can right. do at home to make sure we're not uh, paying somebody 200 bucks to say, well, your thermostat was turned off. 
you know. Right. Um, I can tell when I turn turn the thermostat on or off, it clicks. You know, you get that little click that yeah, yeah, seems perfect. like, okay, signal is sent. Yeah, I think you're done. It, now it's going to a higher power. You're going to have to get a, a tech out okay. there and call them soon because those boys are busy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. I, that's what I suspected, but I just said, hey, well, I got this opportunity. That's right. I'll ask you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, thanks for taking my call. I'll send you a bill Go for ahead, a whole Scott. lot of nothing. How's that? We love it here. Uh, free help on KMOX. Oops, lost you there. All right, thanks, Greg. Take care. Uh, we're going to take a short pause. I've been uh, windy and wordy this time, so we're going to take a gr- little break. Come right back. There's more. Bosco is at it and on it. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, folks, if you're interested in exterior design stuff and some of the uh, topics of today, uh, you can actually attend. There's a free exterior design seminar by my company as well uh, out at Wickmore on July 22nd. It's actually during this radio show. Saturday, July 22nd starts at 1030 in the morning. You can tune in on the way out. Uh, Whitmore Country Club Exterior Design Seminar. You can check that out on the website of either uh, scottmosby.com or callmosby.com. Uh, let's go to Jerry, see what's cooking here. Hey, Jerry, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help, my friend? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yes, I have a brick patio. Uh-huh. Uh, we had to have it retuck pointed several years ago, and uh, at that time I cleaned it with muriatic acid, which I understand was a no-no, uh, because I couldn't get a sealant to stick to it. Okay. But I've cleaned it several times since, and I seal it, but... Now my sealer that I put on last year is all turning white, and I'm wanting to get that sealer off and reseal it. But uh, I'm looking for a product that'll, I guess, make it a little easier to get that old sealer off or using a pressure washer, which is... Uh, yeah, you're in trouble. I don't have good news for you either, Jerry. Um, uh, it, did did you, you use the wet look um, a, a sealer that kind of makes the brick shiny? It was a wet look acrylic. Oh, a wrong stuff for brick because what you have done is put a high-quality acrylic sealer on a wet brick, and that brick gets wet from the bottom up, so you can't stop the moisture from coming up. You've, you, you're correct. You do have to strip that um, uh, acrylic sealer off. You're stripping off floor wax. You're, you're going to have to use some nasty stuff, uh, paint stripper and floor wax stripper and a pressure wash. Beware the pressure washer because you can blow the bricks up with 3,000 PSI. So you have to be very careful, very ginger as we call it in the, in the biz, just very careful with your angle, right. high pressure. And then once, you're, once you get that stuff off and it's going to be spotty, something's going to really stick, then you have to neutralize uh-huh. that brick again with that uh, um, uh, baking soda because you just put a nasty chemical on and in your brick, rinse it off. I would not seal that uh, patio, certainly not with an acrylic, clear, wet-look sealer. That was that okay. was the kiss of death right there. Wrong product. Just just don't seal it at all. Well, either that or a silicone, something clear that doesn't trap the moisture. So beware with that. Um, it's it just uh, very problematic. You, you just can't. Um, 
it, you know, the, the moisture is trying to come out. Anyway, it ran out of time here. Stay tuned, folks, for noon on KMOX. The voice of the Cardinals. News Radio 1120 KMOX. KMOX HD St. Louis. 102.5 KEZK. HD3 St. Louis.